Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be talking about how to move beyond seeing totems as symbols or messages in order to foster what can be rich, long-term relationships. Our understanding of totems suffers from its association with the information age in merchandise-driven culture. While we have more information at our fingertips than ever, knowledge of what totems are, what they mean, and what they can do for us has been converted into quips, sound bites, and memes. Totems have been distilled down to images on cards, pictures screen-printed on t-shirts, and collectibles which have very little resemblance to the actual being. The language we use concerning them reflects this. We speak in terms of having or being totems in the same way we speak of astrological signs. They're seen as something which describes us, defines aspects of ourselves, points out obstacles and lessons we're meant to learn, and a means by which we can understand this complex and crazy world. All of this works in the same way which assigning roles to children in a family works. One is the smartest, another athletic, one mechanical, and another the beauty, and so on. Yet these descriptions are superficial, incomplete, and only truly work when seen in relationship to the rest of the family. Totems are not simply symbols, a description on a web page or a quip in a book. While the information is accurate to a certain extent, it leaves out more than it reveals. One of the things which is similar among Native American tribes and First Nations is they speak of totems in terms of relationship. It's not uncommon for a tribal member to introduce themselves as part of a clan. This can be a clan as designated within the tribe, but also can refer to the totem clan, of which they're a member since tribes consider humans as just one part of a greater community. Some people will speak of walking with a totem, while others will describe a working relationship where they're supported and aided by a totem for specific ceremonies or practices. In more intimate situations, a person can be marked by a totem, meaning they have been bit, clawed, scratched, stung, or even pooped on. In the way of totems, this is somewhat like adoption or marriage into a family. The totem has claimed the person as their relative or asked them to be in close personal relationship. The key is to realize totems are beings no less intelligent or articulate than humans. They have their own perspectives, interests, experiences, biases, habits, and lessons to learn. It might be helpful if you think of it this way. Think of someone you know, someone you like and would enjoy going out to eat with. Now, imagine yourself sitting across from this person and evaluating all of their visual attributes as somehow relevant to you and your life. Their hairstyle must have some meaning, right? That shirt those shoes, the eye color, that ring, 
All of this must be relevant to me, be specifically about me, and have some message I'm supposed to get and use. Plus, look at what they're eating! And the cutlery! There must be something to this! The idea that what our friend or acquaintance is wearing, what they eat, and how they interact in the situation has specific spiritual meaning for us seems absurd. Yet we do this with totems as a matter of course. The person we share a meal with does have meaning for us. They're connected to us, at least in the moment, inform us in a variety of ways as we are meaning-making machines, and our lives can be transformed by them or simply made more pleasant. The specifics as to what they look like, what they eat, and how they sit are a part of this but not necessarily the most significant. Additionally, we tend to ignore evidence the reverse is also true. We are just as present, as meaningful, and enjoyable, or not, for them as they are for us. The magic of it all comes from what we create in being and interacting together. We are defined in part by those around us, find ourselves mirrored by them, and learn our greatest lessons through them. Just like with people, our connections to and relationships with totems will vary in type, depth, and meaning throughout our lives. Some are like best friends or intimate partners. They not only get us, but want to spend time with us, intertwining their lives with us and making something new through interconnection. Others will be attracted to us for a time as our paths converge, and still others will be with us for a single purpose or event. Some totems will take on the role of teacher or mentor for us in the same way human beings have done, either purposefully or through a normal convergence of events. Others may be curious about us or heed a call we might not even know we're sending out. Approaching all of this from the perspective of relationship highlights how we're not necessarily meant to passively receive things from totems or simply look for information from any given interaction. It's not uncommon for people to perceive a totem who is approaching as a message, when instead they're honoring the person's presence and simply saying hello. Or to wonder at the purpose and meaning of a totem appearing in a situation when the totem was actually coming forward in the hopes of creating a connection and conversation. When they don't receive a welcome or invitation, they simply wait and then finally leave or are left behind. In general, totems are highly respectful, not only of our right to live a physical, spiritual, embodied life, but of social rules and traditions. They rarely initiate relationships, speak all the more eloquently for not doing so often, and won't violate boundaries unnecessarily. There are exceptions to the rule, such as a totem appearing during vision quest or other ceremony, coming during a medical crisis, appearing in order to prevent us from being harmed, or claiming a person as their own through physical contact. Some people acquire bear medicine through being bitten, learn of cat by being clawed, or are acknowledged by the raptor clans via piercing talons. Most will make themselves known to us in less dramatic ways, and, like any new acquaintance, 
wait for an invitation to connect. Most people don't realize Native American and First Nations art, decoration, and crafts are in part an invitation to and demonstration of relationship with a totem or totems. In some tribes, it is common for an individual to carry what has been called a shield, although it doesn't have defensive properties like those used in medieval warfare or for riot control. These shields, like birthstone jewelry or wedding rings, depict and proclaim not only that a relationship exists, but what kind. They speak both to who the bearer is, but through their relationships rather than a list of skills or psychological traits. Totem motifs in poles, basket weaves, beading, and so on, invite the being to come closer, to participate in life. They honor the relationship in progress and support its health going forward. Wearing a medicine bag on a belt or around the neck is a bit like having a picture in a locket, mixed with a cell phone pre-programmed with the totem's private number. It keeps them close, represents heartfelt and committed connection, and allows for immediate communication. With people, we usually have one or two friends we're closest to, trust the most, and spend the majority of our available time with. Some people will have an extended circle of close but not super close friends in addition to this. Others will have broad circles of friends or varying levels of friends whose social spheres don't necessarily overlap. The same can be said for totems. In spiritual community, there's this odd notion we have one, maybe two, depending on their role. However, I've seen artists who have totems lined up waiting to meet them. Students who have a group of totems working with them during each trip to the Akashics, and people who can't even walk through a park without animals coming from everywhere to play and interact. My tribe sees each person as having seven totems at the beginning of life, one for each of the animal and plant kingdoms. This group supports us growing up and hopefully becomes part of our community throughout our life, which doesn't prevent us from meeting new totems, making new friends, entering into more relationships, and so on. It's just the place where we start. For those who are interested in creating a relationship with a totem, a good place to begin is with bringing a representation of them into your living space. This can be as simple as printing out a picture off the internet or gathering something of them from your local area if they're a part of your neighborhood or ecosystem. Alternatively, you can gather something they would find appealing, such as a bit of the food they eat, the bedding they prefer, their habitat such as leaves, sand, stone, or water. Like meditating or prayer with an image of a deity, having this in your living space and opening your heart and home to them invites them to come and meet you. This might happen in person, in dreams, in meditation, or a variety of other ways. For example, There was a point in my studies when I wanted very much to honor the raptors who had come to be in relationship with me as totems. However, I live in an urban environment, and while I have the ability to get out to where these raptors live, the brief encounters I had had to date were wonderful, but not quite satisfying. When I began pondering how to have more in-depth interactions, I was led to information concerning my local zoo. 
They just happened to have a program where volunteers could not only help care for their collection of raptors who were too injured to be returned to the wild, but could work with their raptor education program. So I spent one exhausting but satisfying year working directly with representatives of my totems, which has deepened my relationships with them and my understanding of myself exponentially. If you already have a relationship with your totem, creating items which you wear, use, or carry with you can deepen the relationship and open new means of connecting. Some Native American tribes employ tattoos as a means not only to honor a totem relationship, but to provide a place for the totem to reside, so they are always directly interconnected. Learning about the embodied lives of totems can help you understand them more, just like listening to and learning about your significant other's career and hobbies can give you insights into who they are. You can also invite totems to work with you in the Akashics. There they can speak to you in your primary language, unlike embodied animals. You can invite them to meet you in your Akashic room, ask your animal guide to lead you to their special space in the Akashics, or seek out the places where they congregate like the dolphin room or the various mountain temples where the wingeds rest between flights. For those who want to study with a specific totem, entering into a spiritual path or calling with them, there's a village in the Akashics where the totem masters teach. As part of my class, Find Your Calling in the Akashics, the student will be led to this village and can request a meeting with the totem master to begin their studies. If they're accepted, they'll be led to the appropriate area and invited to join the other students and the lesson in progress. You can find more information about all my classes at www.akashicreading.com online courses. Totem relationships can enrich our lives and support us on our spiritual journey, opening new avenues for us to explore and new aspects of self to become. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be working through how to reconnect with your higher self and remember who you truly are. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.